From Press Communications, LLC, this is Jersey Shore Matters with Diane D'Oliveira. October is Anti-Bullying Awareness Month, and New Jersey's Anti-Bullying Task Force recently held two public hearings to give families, students, educators, and others an opportunity to share their experiences regarding the implementation of the Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights in schools and ways it can be improved. Joining me today is Shannon Cuddle, chair of the Anti-Bullying Task Force. Thank you so much for being on the show, Shannon. Thank you for having me. This is such a sensitive topic, but incidents of bullying seem to be increasing and being compounded by use of social media and video recordings. Uh, I can't imagine what some of the parents of kids who have been bullied are going through and parents who have lost children to suicide because of bullying. What were some of the biggest issues with the current law to come from the public testimony? Well, first off, I want to say that, you know, I, I believe that you really brought up something that's really important right now that we're all discussing, and that is the impact of social media um, in today's climate and culture in our schools and our communities and how that is. Evidence-based research has shown an increase in bullying and HIB, harassment, intimidation, and bullying, as the HIB as we use in New Jersey, an increase in, in bullying um, due to social media use. Uh, students used to be able to uh, go to school, and if they experience bullying at school um, or a conflict with another peer, um, they could go home um, and escape that in some way. Uh, but now, uh, with advent of social media and cell phones and what have you, um, students are on 24-7. And these devices, they can't get away from bullying. And, and with that, we did hear testimony um, from the public speaking to that type of bullying, how students can't get away um, from uh, bullying uh, online uh, and offline in today's climate and culture in 2023. And it's much different than it was um, when the, even when the Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights uh, was first enacted and well-intended um, back in 2009. The climate has changed. Yeah, and it's really scary because students are aware that they could face serious consequences, even criminal charges. Yet, when these bullying incidents happen, you you hear about crowds standing around recording this on their cell phone. And as you said, then it's, you know, posted on social media. And it's it's just a shame. And it's driving kids to take their own lives. I just don't understand it. Well, you know, the the stories of students um, experiencing bullying, the students that have experienced um, any type of uh, trauma and harm, um, there are many reasons that we know from evidence-based research what could lead a person uh, to complete suicide. And it is just absolutely heartbreaking um, to lose uh, a student, to lose any individual, um, to suicide. Um, we just got out of September, and September was Suicide Awareness Month. As you mentioned, October is Bullying Prevention Month. Um, and this is the time to have these conversations, to talk about best practices and how to create welcoming, inclusive, safer schools for all students, being able to help emphasize and look at mental health and wellness support inside and outside our classrooms, hallways, schools, and communities and better ways that we can help inform digital citizenship. And by that, I mean being able to teach um, and better model uh, how to use technology, how to use social media in ways that are uplifting and affirming 
um, and that ways that could do harm to others. Does the current law address social media and video or cell phone use? I know certain districts are taking steps or have already taken steps to either ban cell phones in school or make students put them in a bin uh, and only allow them to use them during certain times. Uh, Does the current law address that? And is that one of the things, if it doesn't, that will be changed? The the current anti-bullying bill of rights, also known as the ABR, the new implemented changes do not exclusively address in its current form uh, anything explicitly around uh, specific forms of social media, uh, specific forms of using uh, digital technology in ways um, that can be hurtful or, or harmful. Uh, with that being said, um, I know that there are some school board of educations who have um, decided to individually take uh, policy, uh, which is uh, the board's direction, um, to try to tackle uh, what's happening, what we're seeing with technology use. Now, I also know the other side of that corn, the ACLU has also spoken out about concerns around um, and dealing in impactful, of course, cyberbullying, uh, but First Amendment issues um, around and freedom of speech. So I know that there are many different conversations that have been happening across the state. And and actually, even nationally, there's currently a bill um, right now in Congress um, going through the motions uh, that uh, wants to be able to look at some of these issues. What are some of the other issues that have come out of this uh, in addition to the social media or uh, videotaping? I've heard from parents over and over uh, whose children were bullied that their concerns or complaints fall on deaf ears when they go to the school. Uh, You know, over and over, they've tried multiple ways. We recently heard about Diane Grossman, whose young daughter, uh, Mallory, killed herself at, I believe, just 12 years old, and they won a lawsuit against the district uh, for not doing enough. I've also heard that schools are hesitant about filing a HIB report because it makes them look bad when the annual statistics come out. What are ways that the schools can do a better job of maybe reporting these incidents or taking them a little more seriously? Well, the Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights and the implementation, um, the new implementation of the Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights to update in 2019 and 2022 were in good intention meant to help add additional measures to uh, strengthen the anti-bullying bill of rights and also to be able to add additional layers uh, for school personnel to be able to see if a HIP is founded or unfounded. And that included adding a layer, um, allowing school principals to be able to help make a determination under HIP um, and before it also goes up to the anti-bullying specialist, with the, which is the designated person that is at a school to be able to do a full in- investigation of the HIB. Uh, the new implementation uh, measures that were added also strengthened different types of measures that are meant to be deterrents in some form, as you mentioned, for students to be able to help them have a better understanding of what is HIB versus conflict. I know one of the general challenges of combating bullying um, across our schools and communities in general 
is ensuring that families and students have access and know how to report incidents of HIB and what that looks like, if what is the difference between conflict versus HIB. And one of the updated measures was a new universal across New Jersey reporting platform um, that all school districts uniformly now use. Each individual school district used to be able to implement their own reporting mechanisms following the state guidelines, um, but they weren't all uniform. And now that they are, um, and they also now come in additional languages because that was also another previous bearer that was identified previously. Um, and those are now accessible on the New Jersey Department of Education website on bullying um, that come in different languages, which is also more helpful with information for parents and caregivers and students in additional languages so they can also understand their rights under the Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights. I just want to remind our audience, this is Jersey Shore Matters. I'm your host, Diane D'Oliveira, and I am speaking with Shadden Cuddle. She is the chair of New Jersey's Anti-Bullying Task Force, which recently held two public hearings uh, to hear from not only parents and students and educators, but others uh, to get their testimony and experiences about the implementation of the Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights in schools and ways it can be improved. What were some of the other things? Were there any surprises or anything you didn't already know that uh, might be an issue with the law or that people who testified were upset about? Well, I think some of the common things that we we heard during the, the public testimony are some of the similar um, themes that have been shared many years prior. These are similar things, again, of needing uh, hearing about additional support measures, understanding um, their rights and support for students, um, overall health and well-being. Um, and these have been common common themes that have been addressed to other and, and the other New Jersey anti-bullying task force and commissions over the years. Um, I, and with that, you know, it also goes with the research. You can look at national data and research. So uh, GLSEN does the National Safe School Survey every year. And the most recent GLSEN National Safe School Survey, which is a self-administered survey by students across the country, showed that a majority of students saying that, you know, they are not feeling safe at school. A majority of students are saying that they, especially our most marginalized, are LGBTQ plus students uh, and our black and brown LGBTQ plus students are not feeling safe at school. If you look at the most recent Center for Disease Control Youth Risk Behavior Survey Assessment. That survey, again, also shows that oh, as well as students are experiencing lower rates of instances of individual substance abuse or self-harm tactics, uh, what they are also experiencing, though, is higher rates of experiencing uh, harassment, intimidation, and bullying are feeling as though that they may not be able to find one trusted adult at school. Uh, and there was also a Trevor Project survey I can steer people to as well, the most recent Trevor Project survey, which is a national uh, suicide prevention and awareness organization. Um, they have also put out a most recent report that also shows um, that students are not feeling um, 
are experiencing challenges with their overall mental health and wellness due to experiences of not feeling safe and supported at school. And I say that because what we're experiencing here uh, in, in the state of New Jersey with issues around bullying, with issues around students needing better at mental health supports, we're seeing that across the country as a great need right now. And that was going to be my next question. I was wondering, you know, with the mental health crisis also increasing and then you have incidents of bullying increasing, how does that go hand in hand? Uh, is it something that should be, you know, a twofold solution in looking at both of those areas? Well, it does go hand in hand. And within the Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights, uh, having student support teams is embedded in the Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights for each school district. And school districts, in order to be able to create these student support teams that include mental health and awareness staff, whether it be school social workers, school counselors that are part of the team uh, with, along with ABSs and others, to help really create a look at creating a climate that is welcoming and inclusive uh, for all student learners. Um, I will say, though, uh, on the, the side of that, though, but student health and wellness is something that's ever increasing, especially since coming out of the pandemic. We know that the uh, most recent data, a lot of the data was most recently collected in 2021, 2022, right coming in and coming out of the pandemic and homeschooling. And so that doesn't truly capture uh, what, how our students are feeling uh, social emotionally um, and how that's impacting them um, academically uh, in their social circles and others. Um, and as we go into 2024, those surveys will be happening again, and we can see perhaps a, a larger picture of the impact. Shannon, now that the public hearings were held and you have more information, you've heard from different people and students themselves, what are the next steps? What will you do with that information, the Anti-Bullying Task Force? So the next steps for the Anti-Bullying Task Force is that we're continuing to deliberate and we're continuing to be able to uh, work with stakeholders and collect data collection and research to better inform our potential recommendations and our report that's due to Governor Murphy and the legislature uh, by the end of this calendar year. Um, And folks can still send us comments. They can still send us written testimony up until November 15th. Shannon, we are almost out of time. Is there anything else that you would like to add or to provide any other additional information where people can get uh, more resources about anti-bullying laws or programs or efforts? Sure. Um, I would, again, encourage folks to send the task force written feedback, comments and testimony, uh, especially um, if you are a student or family member. Uh, We want to hear from you directly. Um, And at the same time, too, of course, um, if you are a person who is in or experiencing um, crisis, um, please know that you are loved. You are not alone. You matter. You belong here. And the National Crisis, uh, then the National Crisis Mental Health Line is 988. Um, and want folks to make sure they get the support that they need. Shannon Cuddle, chair of the state's anti-bullying task force. Thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again uh, once, you know, these recommendations are presented and we see where this goes from here. Thank you so much. You can hear Jersey Shore Matters with Diane D'Oliveira every Sunday morning on Press Communications, LLC.